Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Bear Guys and Tua T Fitness. The How Dare You podcast contains explicit language. Cause we learned it from you, Dad. This is a bunch of bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Hello and welcome to the How Dare You podcast. This is the Roadhouse Edition. Fuck yes. Chance here of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, my favorite nemesis and your friend, Lady Chu of Tua T Fitness. Hi, Chu. Hi, Chance. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I am so fucking ready for this podcast. This was awesome. Thank you for saying that. Just so you know, I had a big fight with friend of the show, Pam Flora, last night. I knew you were going to say Pam. Pam, (laughs) What's wrong with Pam? Pam was all upset on your behalf saying that I'm making you watch guy movies. Oh. And I said, let me tell you something. First of all, the first thing Chu's going to say is, I ain't mad at this movie. And then she's going to tell me she fucking loved it. Don't tell me in my business. I know Lady Chu. <laughs> first off, Pam, thank you. Thank you for being on my side. I really do appreciate it. I know that you've admonished Chance for other things. And your efforts are not unnoticed. Okay. But. But she's fucking wrong. Give it to her. Give her the business. <laughs> No, I'm not going to say Pam's wrong because I like Pam. She's a, certainly a better human than you are. Well, I don't know that that's true. Eh, I think we'd both agree that. I think Pam right, and I would agree true. that that's true. <laughs> um, I really do like guy movies. Like, my favorite movies are gangster movies. Right. Like, let's see if I know. fucked up. <laughs> like, not in real life, just in the movie. I know how to separate the two, okay? Um, Heard. No, Roadhouse. Fuck me up. This was a delightful had, piece of shit. Had you seen this movie? No. Oh, my, fuck yes. No, my only reference. I love that you're coming at this movie from 2021 eyes only. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> this things is amazing. wrong with this movie. But oh, yeah. My, oh, yeah. My uh, only reference of Roadhouse before was from Family Guy. And I watch a lot of Family Guy. So there's a <laughs> lot of Roadhouse references in there. There is. And Peter Griffin. There are. You you Roadhouse. you texted me some just last night. Yes, I know yeah. them. <laughs> um so yeah, that's that's really all I knew. Oh, I'm amazed. I'm delighted that you had not seen this movie. Not even like a snippet. Oh. Like nothing. Now I'm even more excited to talk about it. This is amazing. Uh All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about a 1989 film directed by Rowdy Harrington. Could anybody else direct this fucking movie other than a Rowdy? I don't think so. We're talking Roadhouse. You were going to say? It just seems, it seems like the stars aligned. Yes. Rowdy Harrington directed Roadhouse. All right, you. Rowdy Harrington. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also directed Jack's Back, You Don't Know It. 
Also directed Striking Distance. You don't know that. Right? You're doing you're doing great. Two great. for two. Or two for Also whatever. directed Bobby Jones Stroke of Genius. Did not get a uh, How Dare You nomination for title that best fits a porno movie. <laughs> Stroke of Genius. Yikes. There were just too many other good ones that year, Chew. But he also directed a little movie called Gladiator. Hang on, Chew. Not that glad- Gladiator. It's a different Gladiator. I knew that. I don't know what this other Gladiator is, but I could have fucking told you right off the bat. But it wasn't. Russell Crowe glad- Gladiator. It was not. <laughs> All right. You know what I find interesting, too? Just in the last few days, I believe ownership of this movie has changed. It's an MGM movie, Chew, and Bezos just bought MGM for $9 billion. Wow. Which leads me to my question. I have Amazon Prime. Why the fuck am I paying three ninety nine for this movie? Prime should be free. I don't care that this sale happened this week. Get your shit together, Bezos. I want Roadhouse for free forever. (laughs) Everybody with Prime um, should be able to watch this movie. Agreed. I, however, didn't have to pay for it. Well, I paid for it in a sense. Um, I watched it on Sling, courtesy to my friend Erica. Erica, the one who's in the... (laughs) fantasy league with you i know who she is yeah, you know Erica. i also like it that you're just announcing your crimes on the microphone ah. <laughs> to be recorded come get me i dare you <laughs> <laughs> fucking dare you anyway so i use sling but i had to watch it with commercials so was it edited too a little bit but you knew but you like you got uh, the gist were there supposed to be boobs in this movie there's Fucking boobs all over this movie. God damn it. Like full, like a whole bunch of boobs. Oh, yeah. Damn it. We're talking Kelly Lynch boobs. Ah. Oh. Not to mention plenty of secondary character boobs. I didn't see any boobs. Thanks, AMC. Yeah. Dick. I saw all the boobs. That, so that's what happened. I turned on mine and it said uh, free, like watch it now. And then all of a sudden I saw the AMC come up and I said, no, I'll pay the $4. Shit, I didn't know any better. I need all the violence and all the boobs. So the boobs were worth $3.99? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, fuck. Well, that's all right. I would still watch this movie again. You dropped the ball, Chew. I did. (laughs) Fucked up. (laughs) All right, Chew... This movie's so fucking great, I'm not even sure we should be doing it. I don't know. I mean, what How Dare You Award would this have been nominated for? Certainly not worst title. It's not a sequel. I do not think this movie takes itself way, way too seriously. No. In fact, this movie takes itself the perfect amount of seriously. I would agree to that. Yeah. Not only that, but when you dive deeper into this movie, this movie's layered in ways that on the surface do not appear to be there. Interesting. I also declare it's not a biggest disappointment. It might have been for a certain person. Chew, 
in 1989, I saw this movie with my mother. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you sound- she said, who did you? She said, what movie do you want to see? And I believe we were trying to decide between Roadhouse and Pink Cadillac, a Clint Eastwood movie with Bernadette Peters. And I said, Roadhouse. And we got out of the movies, and she said, boy, did we make the wrong choice. And I said, I beg to disagree. (laughs) She said, that movie was terrible. And I said, you're right and awesome. (laughs) We fought about it. (laughs) I understand why she felt that way. But she didn't go into it with, you know, her mental. She just wasn't ready for it. She wasn't prepared for the layers, Chew. Even Pam Flora, who's talking shit about this movie just last night, has not seen this movie. So she doesn't know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, no, Pam, go watch it. Yeah. It will not disappoint. (laughs) This movie is exactly what it is. And I appreciate that. It's not pretending to be anything well said. else than what it is. <laughs> Let's be completely fucking transparent. Roadhouse is Roadhouse is Roadhouse. Okay. <laughs> this movie, Chew, had a budget of $17 million, an opening weekend of just 5.9, was considered a bit of a flop, garnering in the USA and the world $30 million. Now, that's a profit, but I think they wanted a $100 million movie, and they did not get that. However, this movie looks fucking amazing for $17 million. It really does. There's fire and explosions. Two. Yeah, this movie holds up. Three. Yeah. I don't think it looks... Well, hang on. Except for, say, positive point... By the way, Swayze hair and Swayze costumes. This movie doesn't look very 80s. What I mean is the filmmaking of it. Right. I mean, you watch it today, it seems like it could have been made last year to me. I wouldn't disagree with you. Thank you. (laughs) This was a well shot movie. Yes. Yeah. I think Rowdy Harrington was fucking punching above his weight for this movie as a director. Yeah. He's fucking Buster Douglas fighting Mike Tyson in this movie. That's who he is. (laughs) 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 This movie only has 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, Chew. That upsets me. It deserves more. How often do we get to say say that? Right. Rarely. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I have one fun fact for you before we move on. There's a rather famous episode of, I'm going to say, Parts Unknown, pretty sure, the Anthony Bourdain show. Mm -hmm. And he's in South Carolina talking with a chef and the chef, whose name I can't remember right now, but he brings up Roadhouse. And they are having dinner, by the way, with one Bill Murray. Okay. Okay. Fantastic already. Are we all on the same page? Yes. So, (laughs) they bring up Roadhouse, and then Bill, like, and Bourdain just goes off. He's like, underrated movie, 
one of the greatest movies fucking ever. I love this movie. Bill Murray says, I didn't think I could meet any two people who liked Roadhouse. Pregnant pause. As much as I like Roadhouse. (laughs) (laughs) Then he describes a story. The producer of this movie, his name is Mitch Glazer, and he is married to Kelly Lynch, who plays Doc in this movie. Good for him. Whenever this movie is on, Bill Murray (laughs) calls Mitch Glazer and says, yeah, there's a uh, Patrick Swayze just nailing one Kelly Lynch against the stone fireplace right now. (laughs) She doesn't seem to mind it. (laughs) Every time he watches the movie, he does this. Uh, Kelly Lynch has even talked about it. He's like, yeah, Bill Murray, every time he watches that movie, calls my husband. God bless Bill Murray. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, All right. So, Chu, going back to our previous chat before I started talking about my mom and Bill Murray. I mean, (laughs) the only in the early years of the How Dare You Awards, there was a category called a movie that should have had action figures but didn't. And I think I could nominate this movie for that. But that's it. I don't think maybe you go for It's not even formulaic, though. And we'll talk why, because it's so different than all other action movies of that time. And the movie is ridiculous, but I don't think the concept is ridiculous. Am I wrong? The specific con- uh, concept, I would agree. Not ridiculous. But the movie's ridiculous. Yes. But not the concept. Ah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a really fine line that they towed for sure. Yes. Because the whole fact that he's a bouncer... Coming to save the day. Like, who the fuck? He's John Taffer. Yeah, not just that. He is the most known cooler slash bouncer in the world. People just say his name and they know it across the United States. That's Dalton. Yeah. Ripped a guy's throat out. And he's not even called a bouncer. He's called a cooler. He's the cooler. Which is cool in and of itself. Fucking amazing. All right. What do you want, Chew? Before we get to our grievances, for the benefit of our audience, for the Pam Flores of the world, will you describe the plot for us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Pam. I'll try and not fuck this one up. Okay. Listen up. Um. World-renowned bouncer Dalton, last name doesn't matter because I don't remember. No, that is his last name. His first name is James. Oh, fuck. That's right. James Dalton. I read that in IMDb that his actual first name was James. Okay. Mr. Dalton gets hired by a club owner outside of Kansas City or... Yeah, Jasper. Yeah, Jasper. And because uh, he can't keep his shit together and just this is the craziest fucking bar you've ever seen. It's bananas. <laughs> and Dalton is hired to come in and save the day and completely turn it around. And uh, 
you know how it is with small towns. There's always one guy, one rich villain who just wants to fuck up everybody and have control of everything. So bad things do, in fact, happen. (laughs) And it's awesome. (laughs) Fucking well said. And there's boobs, which you won't see if you watch it on Sling or AMC. If you fucking chewed it, you fucked it up. Shit. Also, uh, (laughs) I really enjoyed IMDb's uh, (laughs) description or summary of this movie. All right, go. Because usually there are like a couple sentences on IMDb. (laughs) Okay, yeah. This is one simple sentence. That's it. That's all Roadhouse got. Oh, I thought you were going to go the other way. I thought you were going to say it was like four paragraphs. No, no, no. A tough bouncer is hired to tame a dirty bar. And honestly, I could not have said it better myself. And I obviously didn't. (laughs) The thing that's magic about that is the dirty bar. (laughs) You know, it's dirty in every way. (laughs) This place is a fucking nightmare. Tame a dirty bar? Fucking (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. Oh, my God. We have to remember that. Yeah. Okay, during the break, one of us or both of I'm us right, will write it down. Okay. I'll, I'll write it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I sure. can't be trusted. Your, your notes can't be trusted. They're on 75 different pieces of paper. I have a specific folder for my notes now, and they're in a little plastic sleeve. So suck my dick. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you, Pam, this is just the type of movie for Chew. <laughs> Chew says, suck my dick. When I inquired about what the heroes get at the end of Chill Factor, Chu's response, pussy. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. Uh, about that. <laughs> oh, Chu, this movie is a modern day Western. Oh, I like it. And most of the characters' names are even based on people from the West, like actual Historical figures. Interesting. Yes. And also, you have Sam Elliott, a national fucking treasure. Here's a direct quote from me last night to friend of the show, Pam Flora. (laughs) Pam, it does have Sam Elliott. At peak Sam Elliott. Yeah. God bless him. Fucking amazing. All right. Chew, we're running out of time. How long is your list of grievances? 39. What? Yeah. That's so many. It is a lot because there are things wrong with this movie. It is a very much an 80s (laughs) toxic masculinity, misogynistic, crap bag okay and i fucking love it i'm not gonna disagree but i'm under 10 wow i have nine grievances they almost exclusively have to do with the depiction of women yes but then there's some purposefulness because because of the character of dalton that offsets all of that but we're gonna get into that later all right all right i would say 39 39 aren't hard grievances. Okay. You know, but 39 is 39. Wow. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> Positive points? 13. <laughs> we're so... We're the, we're the exact opposite. <laughs> Because I have 42 positive points. <laughs> what in the fucking hell? 42? 42. 42 moments of amazement for Roadhouse. Yes. Wow. I'm not apologizing. You know, this is definitely one of the anomalies for me, given the fact of how much I actually enjoyed the movie compared to my rating. Right. I'm surprised. I thought you'd be more like me. Really? You thought that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you got kind of squeaky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I absolutely thought we'd be... I, I knew we were going to be of like minds, but I thought written down on paper we'd be of like minds as well. I tried to be as unbiased as possible because I knew as soon as it started, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to really like this movie. I knew I knew I was going <laughs> to like it even before I turned it on because it definitely has a cult following. Right. And Patrick Swayze, obviously, at his prime. Um, Cannot be denied. So I, I didn't I, – I needed to separate. I needed to be unbiased. And I feel like I was. Very good then. We'll discuss that and so much more when we come back. Can I ask you a question? Do you like beer? I like beer. It's required by law that you like beer when you're living in San Diego, California, but even I can get confused and dizzied by the amount of choices that you can see at your local beer store. What's a person to do? I'll tell you what you do. You'll watch The Vegas Beer Guys, a live show on Instagram and Facebook, and they will set you right as to what beers you should have in your life or should not have in your life. The Vegas Beer Guys are brought to you by Dan Aker, the beer professional, and Stephen Weiss, self-proclaimed beer novice. They'll drink beers for you and drink beers with you. Go ahead and check out their live shows and they'll tell you which beers you should be having in your fridge. Everybody wants the perfect combination of molten hops in your life. And Dan Aker and Stephen Weiss are the perfect combination of fantastic and wonderful. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out on Instagram. Find them. You're going to watch their show and love their show. They give away free merch during their shows. So go ahead and check out the Vegas Beer Guys. What a great time. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Suck it, Pam. <laughs> Chew likes this movie. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be upset. Yeah, sorry, Pam. Just go watch it. I don't think you're going to be upset. I think you have the wrong expectations about this movie. I think you need to switch them up a little bit. That's the thing about this movie, though. She's right and wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd agree to that. On the surface, this movie is a dick movie. It's a guy's movie. It's just brawls and boobs. But, but how under can you the even surface, be mad at that? That sounds like a good time. <laughs> If delivered in the right way, that sounds awesome. 
I'm I'm glad you're on my side. Thank you. You're sticking up for you're sticking up for the side even when you shouldn't be sticking up for the side. I'm a complicated person. Okay. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> There's just so much. There's as much underneath your surface as there is underneath Roadhouse's surface. <laughs> Oh, my God. I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment. That's a fucking compliment, Chew. It's a compliment. So much uh, so that I don't know where we should start. Okay? As usual, we haven't even really gotten through the opening credits of this movie because we have too much shit to talk about in our opening segments. But this leads me to do we want to actually talk about the movie or do you want to talk about all the stuff underneath the the movie. Do you want to talk about this movie's philosophy? Do we want to talk about stoicism? Do we want to talk about the philosophy of the character of Dalton? Do we want to talk about toxic masculinity and what it has to say about this movie? Where do you want to go, Chu? Oh my god. <laughs> you I did not think this far into it, but I can I can I can roll with it. So I'll leave that up to you. We can start wherever you want to start. Ugh. Okay, just very quickly, because you didn't mention it in your summary of the movie. Do you remember the three rules? Yes. This this is Dalton's philosophy. So what's rule number one, Chu? Take it outside. Ugh, I'm not going to get them in right order. You did not. No, I think that's <laughs> that's number two, but that's, that's fine. Two. You at the least third, got one. The third one is be nice. Yes. Number one is do whatever Dalton says. That's not it. <laughs> do whatever Dalton says. Fuck. What is the first one? The first one, shoe. Never underestimate your opponent. Ah, that's right. Expect the unexpected. Number two is take it outside. Yeah. Always take it outside whenever possible. You'll see that come up several times for Dalton himself. Yeah. Like, so officially it's never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And right. as you'll see, it is necessary. Now, number three is be nice. But the caveat to that is always be nice until it's time to not be nice. So there's a little bit of a gray area because at that point it's all about perspective. Exactly. It's relative. But he's the cooler. He's going to let you know. Yeah. Along with this, we have the further deepening of the Dalton philosophy. He says things in this movie, Chew, like nobody wins a fight. Yeah. Pain doesn't hurt. When asked how he got this job, or fell into this line of work, he says, just lucky, I guess. And of course there's, take the biggest guy in the world or the biggest man in the world, smash his knee, he'll drop like a stone. I believe that. (laughs) 
and he brings his own medical records everywhere, too, because it saves time. He's very practical. Not to mention, doesn't fly. That's too dangerous. <laughs> okay, Dalton. Sure, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he graduated from NYU with a degree in philosophy. Yeah. yeah. So it's all it's all making sense. And he is. I mean, in the movie, he says, searching for religion, that kind of shit. Blah blah yeah. blah blah blah. And he just has a laugh with the with the doc, but. He's a stoic, Chew. Yeah. Here is the tenet of stoicism. I wrote it down. Are you ready? Oh, wow. Yeah. Virtue, the highest good, is based on knowledge. The wise live in harmony with the divine reason that governs nature and are indifferent to the trappings of fortune and to pleasure and pain. Sound like anybody you know? Like fucking Dalton? Yes. To a T. Trademark. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's been around a while. (laughs) Not kidding. (laughs) To a T's been been with us a bit. (laughs) But I wish you luck. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck on your hopeless venture. So I'm just saying, when you take all of this into account, this is a deeper movie than we thought we were dealing with. Yeah. He's a true gentleman. He really is, as is yeah. Wade Garrett. Yeah. Uh, yes, but I do have a grievance. Oh, I Wade have a grievance, Garrett. too. I wonder what yours is. Uh, it's when Wade Garrett shows up to Jasper and the three of them, Doc, Dalton, and Wade, all go out drinking and stuff. And then right. Wade and the doctor are dancing and he gets a little handsy on his friend's girlfriend. Like he has his hand like up in the nap of her neck and the side of her face. That's an intimate thing. And if you think I'm going to let somebody else do that to me that isn't Mr. Chu, you're wrong. <laughs> That's up there with foot massaging. Okay, don't touch my feet. I don't That's, know. So you got the Pulp Fiction Oh yeah. going on. Ethan and I have had the... plenty of discussions on that topic because of that movie. Every time the movie's on, we have a discussion about foot massaging. Not Okay. <laughs> We're on the same page. It's not okay. The only Don't people, the only per- people, the only person touching your foot, Mr. Chu. Yeah. And even yeah. then, I don't think he does it enough. <laughs> Jowie. <laughs> Babe, just touch my feet. They're not even gross. I promise. You're on notice, little Chu. Get your <laughs> shit together. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm just teasing. I hear what you're saying. I think I chalk that up to the 80s of it all. You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But. He was a little handsy. But what I noticed in that scene. This is the first time you find out that. Well, not the first time you find out, but you find out the toll that taking another person's life has had on the character of Dalton. Yeah. He's very troubled by it. 
Like he it is, eats him alive. He is, he is carrying the weight of it around for the rest of his life. Because you'll notice, based on his own rules and his philosophy, he will use literally as much force as is necessary to end a fight. And that's all he's looking to do. End a fight. Right? Yeah. Given the choice, the very first thing you see in the front of this movie is Dalton telling two maniacs, take it outside. And once they are outside, they can't get back in, so he just walks inside. He avoids the fight. Fighting is the last thing he wants because under his philosophy, nobody wins a fight. So he walks away from the fight. Given a choice, he doesn't want to fight. Right? Yeah, correct. So, having to kill someone, that's pretty heavy. Did you notice, though, that when Wade Garrett brings it up, he almost said the C word? My favorite word? He said, that cunt. And then he stopped himself, and he said, she never told you she was married, did she? Or she, I think he said, that woman never said she told you she Ooh, was married. Yeah. He almost said cunt. Wow. Yes. I don't think I, I found can handle that, Sam Elliott saying that word. Right. I found that interesting. Yeah. That his mind went there. Right. Right. But let's wow. go back a moment. You said your favorite word. <laughs> I say Is it a lot. Is that your favorite word? I say it a lot. Yeah. Usually paired with bitch. Right. Yeah. I. You bitch sure cunt. shit have heard me say that before. I probably I said it today before we started recording. <laughs> when we were that has been, with the test. That has long been a favorite of mine, too. I've softened on it in my latter years, Chew. But... I don't say that in public. I say that in the privacy of my own home. Uh, I used to say it in public. Well, I don't say it in public anymore. Me neither. Yeah. Times The times are changing. and The times have changed. I've softened a little bit. Yeah. I used to say it like a British person, like, uh, what's his name? And, uh, oh, fuck, I just blanked on the name of the show. You know, the Amazon show about the superheroes. The Boys? Yeah, the boys. I haven't watched that. I heard I heard it's good. It's fun. Nice. Lots of cunts flying around the boys. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. We're off topic. Shocker. <laughs> I feel like we should get back on track. Let's start because you know, we kind of jumped to the middle of the movie and then we I referenced the beginning of this movie. We find at the beginning of this movie Dalton at a bar, and he is, like you said in your your summary, approached by the owner of the Double Deuce. Yep. And he is coaxed into coming to Jasper and cleaning up this bar. For a fucking awesome rate. Oh, yeah. Even for today's standards. 5000 up front, 500 a night, and you pay all medical bills. Sign me the fuck up. I'll be a cooler. <laughs> What are you going to use? Harsh language? You know, 
you've seen me manage. I'm definitely more professional. Can you kick? Is my than you might think in this moment. <laughs> I want to see Chu fucking yeah somebody. You know, really. <laughs> I punched a wall, a cabinet in the office. Kick him through a window. That's what I want to see. Yeah, only one person saw that. <laughs> Sean, the mayor, Clark, saw me punch it, <laughs> punch the cabinet. <laughs> what the hell happened that night? We were out of fucking lettuce. <laughs> it was the 18th thing on the fucking list that I had to 86, and lettuce was the last fucking straw. I couldn't take it. Oh. I couldn't on a Sunday, no less. Oh. That's fucking funny. Lettuce. Lettuce. Lettuce sounds so benign, Chew. It sounds so unworthy of anger. We sell fucking burgers. <laughs> you mean you ran out of lettuce? Shit. Uh, anyway. All right. At any rate, Chu, Dalton says he doesn't fly. He's going to drive his Mercedes there, but not first. He has to give away his beater car to a derelict on the street. Free car. By the way, he's able to buy the coolest shitty cars. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. But he drives all the way to the double deuce and checks it out and sees that it's every bit as big a fucking mess as it was purported to be. I think I've actually been in that bar at one point in my life. Wow. That's saying something. I have, I've been there. How about... It all seemed very familiar. How about this? this line in this moment... You know, that uh, sort of stunning, gorgeous, with the bad guy blonde? Hot piece of ass. Yeah. Yeah, she was a positive point. Yeah, she's smoking. Girl is hot. Not only that, Chew, I find that character fascinating because she should be just the brainless ditz who's with the rich guy. But I see a lot more in this character. She's far more, she has almost nothing to do in this movie, but that actor, who I want to say is Julie Michaels. Do I have that right? I don't know. Just the way she plays this character is far more interesting, I think, than you would believe that character to be. I definitely feel like she's a lost soul. She knows it and she can't get out of this relationship. Interesting. And uh, I felt bad for her. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something about her as an actor where I thought there's so much more going on with this. This, It's like she's she's the perfect example of this movie on the whole. There's so much more underneath this character than that's on the surface, I think. But did you notice the guy... (laughs) She comes up and asks for a vodka rocks, and then the world's drunkest human said, Hey, vodka rocks, how about we go um, nipple to nipple before he gets beaten up and thrown out of the bar? He was a grievance. Yeah. I hated him. He's a, he's one of my grievances. <laughs> he's disgusting. Terrible. Nipple to nipple? Oh, you you must win a lot of them over with that. Yeah, there's one right after Good that, too, where the world's ugliest man with one of, you know, a, a stunningly beautiful woman 
is selling kit uh, tit kisses. That was so fucking weird. I wanted to reach through the screen and save her. I know. Run, girl. Shit. You do not belong with that man. Nobody does. That was a grievance. Huge. But it does set up how shitty this bar is. Yeah. It is dirty in all caps. Fuck. (laughs) Well, The band is encaged in chicken wire. Right. That's a first. I grew up in a small town. We had some divey bars. And I'm going to tell you, I've never seen chicken wire covering up the band before. Oh, well. Interesting. If you've seen Blues Brothers Chew, which I take it you have not. No. Fucking grievance. That would have been your first introduction to Chicken Wire in front of a band. Oh, so this is a thing. If you were watching movies right, when you... (laughs) In the order they came... If you just went back and watched the seminal movies that you should have been watching all along... You'd have seen Chicken Wire before. Just saying. Sorry. All right. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm going to let it pass for now because we have to move on. Okay. So Dalton comes in and he's cleaning house, right? He's getting rid of the angriest guy. He's teaching the others what to do. He tells them the three rules. Yeah. Fires the bartender is where he gets into trouble. Yeah. I would love to just go in and start firing people. That sounds awesome. <laughs> that That's on my bucket list to fire somebody. Who who deserves it? Not somebody who's like, oh, you fucked up. I'm sorry I have to fire you. No, somebody who's like, oh, I'm going to fucking fire you. you. That sounds to me like bucket you're list. going evil stepmother. <laughs> you, that, Good job, Shan. That's still a fantasy, it looks like. <laughs> it's a part of who I am. Uh, but yeah, he cleans house and fires the wrong guy. Right. Yeah. Even when and... even when the angriest guy says, you don't look like much to me, Dalton just simply replies, <laughs> opinions vary. You know, Patrick Swayze in this movie, he is a man who speaks softly and carries a fabulous mullet. <laughs> it really was. Fa- it was so fabulous that I actually didn't even. I didn't even notice the fact that it was a mullet. Right. Yeah. That's how fact, good the just hair as is. As a whole, as a whole, he looks fantastic in this movie. Oh, the man's in shape. Like, who? he couldn't be more in shape. By the way, I have another, because we were talking about Sam Elliott earlier. How old do you think Sam Elliott is in this movie? I mean, he he almost looks older than he looks in Tombstone. And Tombstone was, I don't know, four or five years after this. So the salt and pepper hair and the five-day beard... I don't know. He looks like he's 55. Yeah, I mean. He's not that old. To me, it's know. like he looks like he's pushing 60. You know how old he is in this movie? Yeah. 45. Stop. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
did they want him to make to seem older? I don't know. Because it worked. Well, I think he was just Silver Fox early in life, right? Probably. Yeah. Like myself. (laughs) (laughs) You're always complaining about it, though. You see one strand and you're like, God damn it. I'm 30% gray. That's a lot. You're going to go Silver Fox. I I know a, a friend from high school that went Silver Fox. Looks great. Shut up. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. It's going to be horrible. (laughs) Well, then fucking diet and shut up yourself. You fucking complainer. I actually know I look forward to the gray for you, Chew, because. Misery loves company. Even. Yeah. Even though we know I'm older, I can start calling you the old lady. (laughs) old lady chew we're gonna recall you neither one Uh, of us have swayze hair i'll tell you that much no bless him fuck so one of my favorite scenes is it's like first night of business and he's trying to teach the staff to like do things differently and be nice and he encourages one guy to do it and then that guy gets punched and then the guy who punches him, pulls out the knife. And when Swayze takes that guy down, fist on wrist, pulls the knife down, head into a table, escort this gentleman outside, please. Fucking amazing. He's a, he's a fucking professional. Right? Yeah. He does not lose his temper, does not lose his cool. Again, takes that fight exactly as far as it needs to go but is still nice. He has all the self-control and discipline in the world. So this is what I'm talking about, all right? Because there are... All right, listen. You have 39 grievances against this movie to my nine, and I have 42 positive points to what? What'd you have? 13, 15, 18? 13. 13 positive points. All right. Here's what I'll say. Is this movie bad? Well, I don't know. Is bacon bad? (laughs) Okay, that's a fair comparison. Right? It really is. Bacon is delicious. If I ate bacon every day, is that good? No. No. That's bad for you. That's pretty bad for you. So... I think my biggest grievances or the most grievances were centered around the villain. Yes. Which I felt like we'd seen this guy before in 80s movies. But not just that. I mean, this is this is like I said, this is a modern day Western. Yeah. This is the guy running the town. And the new sheriff has showed up and they're facing off. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. He's got his best right-hand man, Jimmy, who is the picture of toxic masculinity. He's horrible. Just the worst. The worst. This is a man who would clearly be a homophobe, but proudly announces, I used to fuck guys oh like God. you in prison. That was so weird. Right. You know what? It wouldn't be an 80s movie if you didn't have one just strange 
piece of fucking dialogue to be like, who the fuck put that in there? What I like, I think it actually happens even before he says that, though, when they first start that fight. The first thing Swayze says, and he just says it, the line delivery is perfect, you. And he goes, you are such an asshole. (laughs) The quivering (laughs) quality of his voice where he just hates him so much. (laughs) Fucking great. Yeah, that was really good. Chew, we got we got to take another break. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if we're good at this. I know. <laughs> I don't know why you wonder. It's clear we're not. But you know what we need? You know, do you ever watch First Take on ESPN? Yeah. Obviously. Molly, Molly is there to keep Stephen A. and Max on track. Uh, right, exactly. We don't have a Molly. Otherwise, that show would just devolve into chaos. Oh, yeah. They would go on for two hours just talking over each other and yelling at each other. Right. And you're definitely Stephen A. Get the fuck out of here. That's a compliment. I take umbrage. <laughs> Stephen A's fantastic. He's fantastic, he's but ha- he's also just one note. Ah, that's unfair. He's not one note. He can go quiet. I would say like 10, per- 10 or 15% of the time. I'm just is. saying he's, he's a divisive personality. Yeah. And lots of people hate him. Oh, now I get what you're saying. Yeah. See, it's all coming together. <laughs> what a perfect place to end this segment. We'll be right back. Does the coronavirus have you feeling oogie? Have you been sitting on your couch for weeks? Nay, have you been sitting on there for months? Well, it's time for you to get back in shape. Check out To A T Fitness. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook. To A T Fitness was started by Tina Bernard. She is ready and raring to go to help you get back into the shape you want to get into. They've got all kinds of classes. They've got outdoor in-person classes. They've got online classes if that's what you prefer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get back in shape. You're going to find a variety of exercises. You're going to have strength training, cardio, weightlifting, even fun five-minute burnouts that will push you to your limits. So get off the couch, get into shape. Go ahead and check out Tua T Fitness. Tina Bernard has got you for all your needs. I know her personally. She's fantastic. You're not going to meet a better person to help you become the new you. Check it out. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Lady Chu and I are here discussing the 1989 fucking masterpiece, Roadhouse Chu. All right. It's hard for me to know where to go next, Chu. Uh, In our story, basically, we're at the point where he meets the love interest. Now, this was a bit of a grievance for me. We don't meet her until 39 minutes into this movie. That's a long time. P.S. That's a, I mean, it's a long time. P.S., by the way, this movie, I believe its first cut was three hours and 20 minutes long, Chew. Grieve. They cut out a bunch of shit to get under just Thank two you. hours. The, we could have even more Roadhouse. I feel like it was fine at where it was at. I didn't need any more. I got what I needed out of that movie. Oh. I'm so curious, though. Like, what else was in there? Yeah. Now, for a movie 
that does not have a lot of positivity in the depiction of women. I like Doc. <laughs> Absolutely. She was not, in my opinion, a damsel in distress. Right. And I I so appreciated that. And I also think, especially in this first scene where she's giving him the staples. Yeah. You get a little bit of his philosophy. Pain don't hurt. She puts the first staple in. Clearly it does hurt. he winces. Yeah. Yeah. But I also completely believe that these two people would fall for each other. Yeah. She's not going to meet another guy like him in Jasper. Uh, no. No. Right? And I believe that she's the woman that would make him settle down and not keep roaming. Agreed. Yeah. But he's got to fight that the whole movie. I'm telling you, Chu, levels. This movie's deeper than people think. Yeah. I like them together. I like that she was a doctor. They're great. She wasn't like some fucking bimbo. She had her shit together. She didn't need rescuing. Great character. Especially for yeah. 1989. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I mean, then we, like, so they go out on a date once. They go for coffee. Then they go on the second date or she shows up at his place. Let me ask you this. What's your stance on fucking standing up? <laughs> it's unrealistic unless you're with the right partner. So. Okay. Um, I would assume. I imagine. You need to be. I imagine little Chew just toppling over. Yeah. I He's not going to lift me up for a couple of reasons, which I don't need to go into. But you need somebody with a lot of upper body strength because they have to hold you up. And it's just, that's a lot of work if you're the guy. Let me ask you this. That scene, sexy or not sexy? I wasn't crazy about about the chemistry in that scene. I think it's like wavers between both. There's parts of it that are sexy and then they start kissing and you go, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I felt like the way they were kissing, yeah, there's something, I don't want to be kissed that way. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Patrick. <laughs> I don't want to be kissed that way. That's not how I kiss. Yeah, the I lips just... were a little, little like duck-like. They had some duck lips going on. Yeah, but in moments, I think they go wide open. There and was the a lot of tongue. Is, just like, it, is that inappropriate? Yeah. Are you allowed to use tongue in Hollywood? How's that? How's it work? You... I think you would have. You got to work it right, out. Right. You have to talk to your partner and be like, okay, like what lines do we not? You got to make sure, like, do exactly. we pretend like there's tongue, but there isn't really? The last time I had to kiss a woman on stage. I thought you were just going to say, the last time I kissed a woman, period. <laughs> <laughs> the last, just, a, just a random explanation of my last kiss. The last time I kissed a woman 27 years ago. Here's a play-by-play here's a play of the last time I kissed. No, 
The last time I kissed a woman on stage, I remember us talking and she like we kind of both said just whatever. Like do whatever you like. I don't care. Still, even within that, like there are boundaries. You know what I mean? You just like don't be an asshole. But I also remember her mom came to see that show. And afterwards, she said, you kissed my daughter. (laughs) And I said, yeah. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. (laughs) Those are uncomfortable moments. I would imagine. Yeah. But to me, it's like blocking. It's just, uh, it's so technical. It's like, for something that they did, it's like, so first you're going to do this, and then you're going to unbutton his pants, and then you're going to lift up the skirt, and then you're going to do this, and then you're up against the fireplace, and then her husband's going to get a call from Bill Murray. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah, it can. I would imagine sex scenes are not not how they they seem. Like there's probably not a right. lot of romance. No, because people are watching you. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I was just curious. I thought I thought about this, by the way, kind of going back the first time he shows up at the double douche, <laughs> as said, as said by Sam that. Elliott, which is yeah. a total positive point in this movie when he rides up on his motorcycle and says the double douche. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when when Swayze first gets there, he get he drives his Mercedes up there because it's the first night. Nobody knows about his bad car. Um, but it occurred to me, if you were doing this movie today, he wouldn't have to buy beater cars. He could just take an Uber. Yeah. Yep. Right? And they, Jasper, sure as shit, did not have a taxi service. So that wasn't even an option. I don't think so. But it does have the world's most charming group of local citizens. Oh, God. Fucking Emmett, who's selling him or, like, uh, renting him yeah. his room. Awesome. Red, the auto parts store, fucking great. Love Red. Come on, this yeah, place is like, great. Those were like two wholesome characters. I like Yeah. Them. Yeah. And also, the one thing this movie does too, this movie sets shit up well. Like, you understand exactly, you know, this movie boldly declares, I love that this movie, of, of all the shit that happens in this movie... The only time you hear a police siren is the second Ben Casara's <laughs> dead. Yeah. And then off in the distance you hear, woo, woo, woo. There's nary a cop to be seen before like, where that. Where the fuck were they? The whole it's movie. It's amazing. But what this movie what this movie does, Chew, when not when you first meet uh Ben Gazzara, but when he's driving on the road. Oh, my God. So I think you see him at his little late night party. And then the next day he's driving on the road and he's just enjoying his music and swerving in and out of both lanes. And Patrick Swayze has to, like, get onto the dirt to get out of his way. This movie is telling the audience right then and there that this is his town and he can do whatever the fuck he wants without repercussions. Yeah, this guy does not give a shit. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. He's a bad guy. He's a he's, he's a, a bad, bad guy. exactly. He's a bad guy. When he fucking takes Bigfoot through 
a car dealership and then just boldly declares, this is my town. Every You know he means it. <laughs> the monster truck scenes kill me. Hated you love it. it. Oh, Come God. on. You know what I liked? The camera underneath Bigfoot. Those shots. <laughs> going over the cars. I was like, good on you, Rowdy. There's another fucking Rowdy magic moment. Thank you. That was all right. Yeah. Come on. Everything about this movie works. Why Why did all the guys in the bar... Like, what is it about breaking beer bottles? That's fucking dangerous. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't like it. Can we stop making a goddamn mess? Please? This is a bar in which at least 30 to 60% of all the tables are split in half by throwing men on top of them every They're night. Not very good tables. True. Not quality no. built. But I mean. But it made me. It does make me wonder how much money Kevin Teague inherited. I feel like he's got a lot. You know who I'm talking about, right? He's yeah. Tillman, the bar owner. I had to look All him right. up because I always make this mistake. Every time I see him, I always think he's Biff. That is not Biff. Oh, no. No, no that's not I Biff. I don't know why. I just remember I get those two mixed up. He's the bad guy in K-9? Turner and Hooch ripoff with James Belushi? He's the asshole IA guy from another 48 hours. Maybe that's where I've seen him. See the Everything Sequel podcast for information on another 48 <laughs> hours. <laughs> <laughs> he's great, yeah, no, Chew. He's really good. All right. What else? But right about now. We're in the area where Sam Elliott finally shows up. Like, they're, they're running out of booze. They need booze. Yeah. And they can't get booze because Wesley, the bad guy, has the liquor rep yeah. in his pocket or fucking whatever. Yeah. So he calls some... Dalton knows someone, so he calls, gets some booze, and then you have another big fight, and fucking who comes in? Wade Garrett. You got a skinny little runt named Dalton working <laughs> yeah. here? I know who you are. <laughs> Again, another famous bouncer slash cooler. These people are known all over the world. In this, in the world yeah. of this movie, they're known How? everywhere. How? I don't know. This is pre-internet. <laughs> I word of mouth. These guys That's must it. be on flyers on telephone <laughs> poles fucking everywhere. <laughs> Need a bouncer? Take a ticket. Call me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Five, five, five. <laughs> totally. <laughs> how these people are known is beyond me, Chew. But they are. I guess are. it just emphasizes how incestuous the restaurant industry is. So everybody knows everybody. <laughs> That's true. Fucking amazing. God damn it. Oh, Another one of my so because we're we've been jumping around a little bit. We talked about the scene where the three of them go out, yeah. and 
during that scene, it's when, you know, Garrett, Wade Garrett brings up this idea of, listen, it's not your fault. You shouldn't be carrying that shit around with you. And when it finally comes to a head because they kind of they blow up Red's business. And so Swayze is, you know, very upset. He's working out. And I love this moment when Wade shows up and says, hey, we should just go. And he's working out and Swayze starts climbing that rope. Yeah. And he's hobbling around with his bad knee. He just looks up. He goes, for fuck's sake. He like has to hobble up the ladder. (laughs) So great. (laughs) Fucking love it. And then he stops that punch, Chew. Just, just right in front of his face, he catches that fist. That's good. That's a badass move. But he tells his, he he tells his little Mio, you know, you taught me as much as I ever taught you. Yeah. Cause Sam Elliott just saying. Right. But then you right after that, you also have that great fight scene between, you know, Kelly Lynch. Doc is sort of the. The morality yeah. of this movie. She's she's the moral center of the movie. And she's like, you got to knock this shit yeah. off. But that means leaving her. And he's trying to insist, I've seen his kind many times before. And then Emmett's fucking whole house blows up. <laughs> yep. God damn it. Yeah, they get Emmett out just in time. Brad? Yeah, Brad Wesley, he's not fooling around. And that's followed by, I mean, this is one of the all-time great fight scenes, It was good. It's fucking amazing. And then, uh... I say, whatever, (laughs) Bourne. Give me the old roadhouse fight any day. And Swayze and his sweats, his gray fucking sweats. Swayze and his sweats, exactly. And those guys, at first, those two actors, like, they they didn't like each other too much at first, but then they started respecting each other's commitment to the work, is what I read. Yeah, I saw that, too. That they actually started trusting each other enough in these fight scenes to throw real punches and that kind of shit. And when he hit him with that piece of wood, he thought it was a breakaway piece of wood, and it wasn't. Yeah, he got fucked up. He kind of fucked his shit up. In fact, the whole reason that Patrick Swayze ended up doing Ghost was because he tore his knee up mm-hmm. in this movie. And he was he he was supposed to do Predator too, which is crazy. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine right. Patrick Swayze Patrick Swayze in Predator too? Whoa! I can only imagine Danny Glover. Yeah. Because <laughs> Danny Glover's fucking yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. So at the end of that, but this gave him Ghost. An even bigger hit. Yeah, it was meant to be. Come on. So thank you, yeah. injuries. Uh, but then, yeah, he, uh, what's his face? What's the character's name? Jimmy? Jimmy, Jimmy. Uh, literally gets his throat ripped out. Yeah. Which is gnarly. That's gnarly. Yes. But you have Kelly Lynch there to witness it, to see the yeah, horror of it. She admonishes him with a look. Just a look. Moral center. That was good. Not just that, but I also think, because he drags Jimmy out into the water and starts yelling Wesley 
and then says, fuck you, and throws him in the water. I think that has to do with, I think the fuck you is fuck you for making me kill again. Interesting. That's how complicated Dalton is, Chew. I like I like it because I was thinking, you know, as much as he he tries to center himself around his his own philosophy that he is still human and he's flawed and he makes mistakes. And so right. I thought we were looking into like the fuck you was just like a weakness, like a moment of weakness. Of him just being human oh. and not like fuck you for making me kill again. But I like I like yours. I like both. They're both interesting. Do you see what I'm talking about? Do you see the deepness see the of layers? the movie though? Do you see do you what see we're talking how, about? Do you see the layers that we're talking about? How much we're talking? How in depth we're getting? Do you see what I'm saying? This is Come why this on. is a great movie. This movie's fucking amazing. Yeah. This movie, because think about it, the two biggest stars at this time, Chew are Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Okay? We're in the era of Rambo. We're in the era of Rocky. We're in the era of fucking Commando. And all those types of movies. And then there's this movie. Now, this movie has all the blood and all the guts and all the fighting and all the tits. But underneath it is a man who would rather not fight who would choose, if he could, not to fight. Yeah. He is a thinking man. When he goes to find a place to live, he finds a place without a TV, where he can just sit and read. Yeah, he's special. This is a different kind of man. This is a different representation of masculinity. This movie is deeper than the fucking Grand Canyon. (laughs) (laughs) I think this movie would do well or well enough today you know that my favorite movie of all time is Jaws yes I think Jaws should be described as the roadhouse of shark movies (laughs) (laughs) that took me a second I was like wow That's how fucking great Roadhouse is. I almost feel like we should take one more break and then come back and finish up. We're going four segments. Let's do it. Right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by... The Sounds in Cinema Podcast. If you like podcasts like I do, boy, do I have a treat for you. You need to stay on target and check out the Sounds in Cinema Podcast. Listen as your host, sound designer and music creator, Tony Parham, and co-host, musical performer and sound lover, Derek Hansen, D-Rock if you're nasty, and I am, discuss all things sound related to film, television, stage, and theatrical productions. They discuss environmental sounds, bioacoustics, dialogue, the nature of communication through sound. But as an added bonus, they drink beer and try to... Stay on target! Find them wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the pure mania of a man who can charitably be described as Doug, the dog from Up, and another man with a soothing and sultry voice trying to get that man to... Stay on target! 
That's the Sounds and Cinema Podcast. Tune in and listen to the sounds they are creating just for you. And we're back yet again, ladies and gentlemen. Bonus segment. There's just too much to talk about in the 1989 film Roadhouse because it's too fucking awesome, Chew. It's very awesome. And also, you know, (laughs) we need a Molly. We're the worst. (laughs) (laughs) God. Uh, But yes, this movie is fucking fantastic. And just deserved a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, what else can I say? Like, you know, we're at the part of our story So at the end of the last segment, we were discussing Jimmy's murder. And it is a murder, by the way. But you could say self-defense. I don't know how what goes on with the law there, because he was pointing a gun at him. But I believe he kicked that gun out of his hand. But he doesn't necessarily know that he doesn't have other guns. So he's ending Mm -hmm. that shit right now. Yeah. It's a little bit of a gray area, but. But like I said. He's got to (laughs) die. Until the last 40 seconds of this movie, cops don't exist, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Only it matters in the eyes of Kelly Lynch, who is the moral center. She sees what he's done. She is not pleased and goes away. Yeah. Now Patrick Swayze is ready to get the fuck out of Dodge. The sheriff is leaving the town, Chew. Yep. He's getting pushed out. Now this is my biggest grievance with the movie. One, he has just had the fight of all fights against Jimmy. When his Mercedes rolls up to the double deuce the next day, he is like in jeans with some sort of kimono white shirt tucked into those jeans. Was that so bizarro or what? (laughs) He does not. It's completely bizarre. He does not have a scratch on him. There are no ill effects of this fight, and he also does not seem to be carrying the weight of this murder with him like he did hit the first murder. No. He seems okay. Yeah, he obviously didn't care that much. I'm just saying. Yeah. It was weird. It doesn't match up with the rest of the movie. So that's my biggest grievance with the whole movie. Wow, that small thing? That's amazing. <laughs> then he shows up the next morning, and who's the first person we see, Chu? Oh. Well, before we see him, we get a phone call, now that I think about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's yeah. like, I'm going to flip a coin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to flip a coin. <laughs> it was a bit more menacing than that. You know, heads or tails, right. Chu's. It's either Wade or the Doc. Yeah. He doesn't know. He doesn't know which one until he shows up But what he does do is immediately, well, so who shows up? Right. Because first, Wade shows up, correct? Yeah. And he's all beat to shit, but he survived. He says there were only three of them. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this was a big grievance for me. The first thing that Dalton does is go to the hospital and tries to force Doc to leave. 
Yeah, I feel like, and he kind of manhandles her a little bit, and I yeah, I, I didn't like. I that. feel like we're straying away from his moral compass. He's not quite following it, his philosophy. But he's this is part of his journey, yeah. right? Still deep. Yeah, and she's because not having any she, of it. right? Exactly. Yep. She's no. like, go fuck yourself. I'm not going. Yeah. She's like, suck my dick. <laughs> she gave him the old chew, suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes back to the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And tell us what he finds, Chew. He sees Sam Elliott taking a nap on the bar top, which seems weird. And I'm concerned that he didn't think that that was weird at first because he doesn't know that Sam Elliott is dead. He's dead, you guys. God damn it. He's dead. Is there anything more upsetting? I was pissed. They stabbed him and then put a shitty handwritten note on his (laughs) belly. You're a dick. So you're A, upset at the murder. But B, you seem equally or even more upset as to the quality of the note. Yeah, they used him as like a poster board. You're like, we'll just stick this note on here. Fuck you. Did you notice that the handle of the knife had a quarter on the end of it? Interesting. I didn't know that. Tails, Chew. Well, I read the note, Wesley, you dumbass. I read the fucking note. You don't need to put the fucking quarter on the knife. Come on. What a great piece of acting, though. It was good. I have a, posi- I have a positive point here. Swayze tears. That was good. Him going through he all of the emotions. He pulls that fucking knife out of his friend. Yeah. yeah. Go. Go. Him going through <laughs> all the emotions and not saying any. There was no dialogue. And he's really struggling trying to pull the knife out of his friend and he's just like, I'm going to fucking kill that fucker. I'm going to fucking kill him. And you could just see it all on his face. It was good job, Patrick. Great job. That's the stoicism, yep. Chew. He is feeling the pain. Yeah. He's trying not to, but he can't. Excellent. So what's he do? Fucking just... <laughs> so he just... <laughs> what's he do, Chew? He just puts that knife on the fucking gas pedal and <laughs> lets this. Yep. That Mercedes has got some good steering. That car it just really went does. straight. Yep. Movies. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the scenes that I believe was much longer. Like in that in that three hour version, they show how he kills everybody. Yeah. And he goes on a rampage. But it's like kind of commando level rampage. Yeah. Rampage nonetheless. But it's also left kind of open because you I mean, you see him kill two guys, but the other guys are all just like he happens upon them and you see them or you see other guys happen upon them and they're already out. But you can't like you don't know if they're just knocked out or dead. Yeah. But I assume he's just killing everyone. I assume they're dead. Except for the big guy at the end. The polar bear falling on top of him? I have a That's a grievance. Oh no, I have a positive point. I have a positive point that just says everything polar bear. 
my God. As that polar bear is tipping over, and he goes, sounds like the cowardly lion, and he shoots it like four times. And then his last line that ends the fucking movie, it's the last line of the movie. Polar bear fell on me. <laughs> yeah. Fucking amazing. Um. Oh, but then he happens upon Wesley. Right. And they fight. And then he start, Wesley starts using a spear, which I thought, this is weird. He does seem... I fucking love Ben Gazzara in this movie. He's great. He's a good villain. He's a great villain. He does seem a little too old. He's like, he seems outmatched. Yeah. By Swayze's Dalton. But he does get a bullet. You know, he gets a bullet off, shoots him in the in the yeah. arm. But With the tiniest handgun known to man. Right. Yeah. But he says things like, I always thought it'd be fun to fight you, Dalton. I thought they handled that pretty well, though. Like, they show the character kind of as old as he is. Like, clearly he's a tough dude. Yeah. And he can beat up his subordinates just because he's the rich guy and they're going to let him. Yeah. But he gets his ass pretty well handed to him like he would in real life in this scene. Yeah. So that part was realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you didn't have any business fighting Dalton. You had no business. So here's the one interesting thing to me, though. Because who do we see? Kelly Lynch shows up. Yep. Now, how did that happen? I don't know. What the fuck was she going over there for? Doesn't make any sense, does it? It's a hole. The only thing that could have happened was... Oh, I feel bad for telling the man I witnessed murdering somebody last night that he should fuck off. I'll go to the double deuce. Goes to the double deuce. Jesus Christ, Wade's dead. Hmm. What should I do now? I should go to the compound where there's like 15 guys waiting to murder Patrick Swayze and see if I can help out. Yeah. That had to be the thought process. But she got there quick. But also, Chew... She had to be there. She had yeah. to be there for the final transformation of Dalton, who, when given the opportunity and choice to actually murder, he chooses he not to. It. Yeah. Right. Big growth moment. He has become a complete man by choosing yeah. not to murder. Of course, this means that... <laughs> That his nemesis is going to just pick up the gun and shoot him. Yeah. So maybe not the wisest decision. But luckily the townspeople are there to clean up his fucking mess and do the murder for him. The, uh, that was a grievance. <laughs> that was a grievance. That's an um, 80s so... positive point for me. That's a uh, the way the A-team wish it could have ended, but it was on yeah. television every week. Yeah, there's, like, no consequences. No. This guy just, this bad guy, as bad and awful as he was, just got fucking massacred in his own house there by are townspeople. eight, at least, what? He got, I was going to say eight, up. but there's at least four or five to eight dead bodies in this house. Yeah. Patrick Swayze has a bullet wound. Now, 
if you just put all of his hunting rifles away, I still imagine the cops would have to test all of them and they'd be able to find out, hey, these were fired recently. Probably the guns who killed them. Now, maybe they wiped off their fingerprints. I don't know. But it seems to me that in this town, just saying the words, I didn't see anything. You see anything? No, not me. Is enough to foil the cops. <laughs> Ah, law enforcement at its best. The cops, they have no evidence. (laughs) They cannot press charges. What a horrible representation of how that shit actually works. Right? Are you in a fuck... No. This... No. I don't know what fucking fantasy land you're living in, but that's not how that goes down. That's why this movie's great, though. Only in Jasper. (laughs) God. Also, another grievance is that this movie is supposed to be set in somewhere in Mm Missouri-ish. You can fucking tell, without a doubt, they didn't film this shit anywhere but California. And I looked it up. They didn't. It's California. (laughs) I've only been to Missouri once, and it was at the airport, so not a great representation of what the state looks like, but I know California, and I know it when I see it, and that was filmed in California. Don't tell me that fucking, that's that's Missouri. There's no trees. All right, all right, settle down. I'm mad about it. (laughs) Mad. Anyway, moving on. Let's not end with grievances on this fucking great movie, all right? Oh, one more grievance, but Jesus not Christ! <laughs> what did I <laughs> not just towards say? The movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's towards AMC. All right. Because it didn't show me the last scene where the credits rolled. I had to look it up. Well, what are we talking about? His jumping naked into the lake? Yeah, they're skinny dipping in the pond. Yeah where Jimmy's body is probably still floating, and I was waiting for the dead body to just float by. Well, that part's not in it, but yes, they're both naked. She's already in the water, and we have some some water kissing. Yeah. By the way, Jeff Healy is on the shore watching. The blind band member. Of course he is. Yeah. I guess he's not watching, but you know what I mean. But he knows that they're doing stuff. It's weird. Anyway, all in all, 9 out of 10. 10 out of 10. (laughs) This was a solid bad movie. I love this movie so much. The movie's deep, I tell you. It is. Deep. (laughs) Chew, what's the drinking game for this movie? Every time there's a health code violation. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's too many. It's a lot. That's a lot of drinking. It's what I I committed to. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Every time there's a health code violation. Oh, that's great. Well, mine was every time philosophy comes into the movie. Nice. That's a good one. I like that one. 
because it makes you actually pay attention to what's going on. Not just to the surface, but yeah. the underneath. That's why I like it. That's a good it one. It forces you to accept Roadhouse. By the way, you just as a, just generally speaking, Roadhouse does force you to accept it on its own terms. Yes. This is Roadhouse. This is the world we live in where everybody knows the coolers and bouncers and cops don't exist. Once you accept that, it's, yeah. 10 out of 10. Fantasyland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Chew. Anything left for the fucking magnificent Roadhouse? No. Go watch it. Hopefully you didn't listen to this whole podcast without watching I'm it. I'm telling you. Because that would be stupid. Chance one, Pam Flora zero. <laughs> that was harsh. I've won this round. <laughs> I was right about your true feelings for Roadhouse. You were. Sorry, Pam. Nice. But I think you'll mind. Your mind will change, Pam. Yeah, you just got to watch it. Yeah. To watch it is to love it. Yeah, that's great. You know what I'm looking forward to? Putting my face on Swayze's face for the poster. I'm going to look damn good, Chew. Oh <laughs> I'm going to put that hair on my head. <laughs> uh, and those pants? Good for you, Shan. Right? Good for you. I don't think that hair's far off from uh, my style of, of high school. I've seen pictures of you in high school. It's longer. I, I would agree to that. Mine would have been more, if you could imagine, even more moose. But <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I can't imagine you putting moose on your head. That was the style at the time, Chew. I believe it. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for Roadhouse 1989, directed by Rowdy Harrington, the fucking genius. For Lady Chu of Tua T Fitness, Chance here of the How Dare You Awards, say goodbye, Lady Chu. Goodbye. Ah, fuck. Was it a goodbye. question? Goodbye. Because we can't say goodbye nicely. We are leaving. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> Good day to you, madam. Bye. It sounds like she's running a fucking blender without anything in it. <laughs> I don't have time for this shit. 